Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hi there, it's Gina Gardner here. I'm really pleased to be spending some time with you on Passionate World Radio. I hope you've had a good week. Some of you will have heard the last show, which was about taking stock of what's going well in your life and identifying the areas you'd like to change. Doing an audit of your life is simply the first step. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've already got. So now what? How can you achieve the life you dream of? How can you make a qualitative and positive difference to the quality of your life and of those around you? What's the difference that makes the difference? The new year is traditionally a time when many people take stock of their lives and decide that there are things that they want to change. Despite all the hype, by the middle of January, if not sooner, all those good intentions have fallen by the wayside. Now, much has been written supporting the view that all you need to do to change your life for the better is to think positive thoughts. The same people will often suggest that rejecting any negative feelings is crucial if you're to live a happy, fulfilled life. I'd be the last person to dismiss the importance of being positive, yet I believe it's simplistic and hugely unhelpful if you want to manifest a change in your life, particularly if you want that change to be both positive and sustained. My personal experience of dealing with significant challenge and that of working with hundreds of people to help them create a sustained and beneficial change in their lives demonstrates that there has to be a multi-layered approach. Most people rely on willpower alone and find very quickly that for most of us it simply isn't enough. If willpower was enough to sustain lasting change, more of us would be eating carrot sticks and fruit rather than cakes and biscuits. It'd be easier to give up smoking or drinking, or to sustain any of the changes we'd like to make in our lives. It doesn't need to be difficult or complex. My strategy is built on the following principles. So, if you want to create lasting positive change, for me, number one reason is Unless there's a powerful reason to change, it's unlikely that real lasting change will occur. There has to be a very powerful why. Without knowing the why, the change is important, it's all too easy to give up when things get difficult or boring. Identifying what you want to change and why it's so important to you and those you love will help you start making the change you need to make and support that change along the way. So for me, number two is in order to achieve lasting change, you have to believe that it's possible. Our beliefs drive our thoughts, our emotions. In fact, they determine the quality of all our lives. If we believe we can't achieve something, it's pretty well a done deal. 
In fact, a significant percentage of people who fear they will fail don't even get started. I used to see this in school all the time. If they didn't actually start an, uh, an assignment or get on with the maths that was involved, they felt that they hadn't failed. In some strange way, lots of people believe that if you don't actually start something, then it's not a real failure. My belief is that if you try something and you don't manage it first time, there's still some learning in that. The only failure is the failure to try and or the failure to learn from our mistakes. Just think a moment. How many of you learn when things go really well? And compare that with how much you learn when things don't go quite so well. If you believe you can, then you're halfway there. I've done lots of research on what makes highly successful people so successful. There's a very significant difference between those who are highly successful and those who are not. You might be surprised to discover that it isn't that they're cleverer, richer, more privileged, or that they don't feel fear. The difference is that highly successful people believe they will succeed and are prepared to take consistent action until they do succeed, even if that takes years. They don't need to know from the start exactly how they're going to achieve that success. They work it out as they go along. They see failure as an opportunity to learn how to do things better in the future. Inventors, writers, entrepreneurs who achieve success experience many setbacks, but they don't let them get in the way. They use those failures to help them achieve their ultimate goal because they learn each time. Dyson made a huge number of prototypes before he had a vacuum cleaner that worked. He's now a multi-millionaire. J.K. Rowling and Jack Canfield had many refusals from editors before they found a publisher to believe in them. And yet they're now world-renowned. Successful sportsmen and women have an unshakable faith that they will beat their opponents and back that faith up with consistent action until success is achieved. The principles are just the same for you. If you're finding it hard to have an unwavering belief in your ability to succeed, then give yourself a break. Believe in the possibility that when you take consistent action, tiny steps towards your goal, you will succeed if you keep going. Being open to the possibility ensures that the door is ajar, whilst believing you can't succeed means the door is locked and bolted. And having faith that you will succeed means that the door is wide open. Learn to shine your light. What holds you back from creating lasting change? Is it fear of failing or perhaps you fear success? The quality of your thinking has everything to do with the quality of your life. Dealing with the beliefs and fears which hold you back are a vital piece of the jigsaw. Unless you deal with these, they will continually rear up, potentially sabotaging any progress you make. Doing this by yourself can feel really daunting. If it does, it's really worth getting some help and you'll find lots of free resources at genuinely-u.com. For me, 
The third thing is to give yourself permission. Now, you may be unfamiliar with the principle of giving yourself permission, yet many people live their lives waiting for others to give them permission to move forward. So many of the clients I've worked with fail to create the change they say they want in their life until they give themselves permission to do so. They're caught up with what other people will think. Many are stuck because they fear that other people will think badly of them, or if they make the change, it will destabilise their relationships, or they worry that if they change, people won't like them anymore. When you want to do something new, whose voice do you hear in your head? Is it your father's or your mother's? Is it a teacher from years ago? Are they championing you, or telling you not to be silly, or to take, not to take risks in case you get hurt? So often I've worked with people who've been dumbed down, who've dumbed down their potential or been fearful of trying something new because of old restrictions being put on them by adults and those restrictions are still holding them back in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s and 80s. It's never too late to give yourself permission. Giving yourself permission to move on and to do or be something different can be incredibly powering. So, on to number four. The language you use has enormous power to hold you back or to support you in moving forward. Our brains want to please. The brain responds to the language we use all the time. When we keep telling ourselves how hard things are, how tired we feel, how difficult something is, the brain responds by making us feel stressed, tired and under pressure. Now, of course, simply saying something will be easy doesn't magically remove the challenge, but it can help something really difficult feel less challenging. When this is combined with the belief that we can succeed, it becomes a really powerful combination. To create change, you need to do something differently. When you use language like, I should, I shouldn't, I must, I mustn't, I ought to or ought not, it makes the tasks feel heavy and onerous. It often triggers baggage from childhood, parents and teachers impressing on you their beliefs and rules that you must or mustn't, that you should or shouldn't. The feelings that that baggage engenders can easily sabotage any successful change. Rather than using the should or musts, try making an, alter an active choice. Use the language of, I choose to. Choosing to do something because you really want to has a very different feel to choosing something, to doing something because you should or you feel you must. So let me say that again because it really is so important. Choosing to do something because you really want to rather than because you feel you must has a very different feel and it's a really good place to start. Number five is around acknowledging negative emotions and learning the lesson they offer. Now, negative emotions have a significant purpose, I believe. They're not good or bad. It's what we do with them which makes a difference. They offer us a lesson and they can often be a call to action to do something differently. 
we feel negative emotions when something doesn't actually match our core values, when something doesn't fit. All too often when we feel negative emotions, we experience them, we ignore them or we bury them. The problem is that life tends to bring us more and more opportunities to learn the lesson. We continue to experience the negative emotion until we do something differently. There's a big problem in burying negative emotions. Buried emotions can be triggered and become overwhelming. And more often than not, they bubble up at the most inconvenient moments until they're dealt with. When negative emotions are buried, they have the potential to damage our sense of well-being and can negatively impact on our physical, mental and emotional well-being. A useful strategy is to acknowledge the negative emotion and to be curious about the lesson it offers. Once that lesson is identified, it's then possible to deal with the underlying problem differently. Think about guilt. Now guilt in itself doesn't actually do anything for us. It just makes us feel bad. Guilt is there to teach us not to do something again. To actually say, that's not right. And if you're feeling guilty, then rather than just feeling guilty, do something to put it right. And if you can't put it right, at least acknowledge your responsibility and tell the other person or people that you're sorry. Guilt is a call to action to do something differently. That is not to do the action that has made you feel guilty. And also to try and put it right. It's amazing how many people carry guilt from years and years and years ago. Once you've dealt with it, once you've taken the lesson, it's time to let the guilt go. And that's when forgiveness comes in. And it's time to forgive yourself. Now, of course, I'm not suggesting that you forgive yourself and go and do it again. Forgive yourself and make a complete choice that you will not do whatever it was that made you feel guilty again. And I'm going to use the theme of, of forgiveness as one um, of the shows that we're going to do. So rather than being judgmental about the emotion, recognise that negative emotions are a natural part of life and that they are there to teach you something. So, number six, it's not the challenge which defines us, but what we do with it. Whatever the challenge life offers, it's your choice how you deal with it. Everything you do is a choice even not choosing as a choice. Where you can't impact on the situation, it is still your choice and still within your power to determine how you react to it. Your perception, the meaning you give any situation, how you respond to things is all your choice. It's your choice whether you see yourself as a victim to circumstance and that you see yourself with no power or whether you give yourself a more empowered role. I find it fascinating that as we write the story of our lives, so many people give themselves the most dreadful part. And if you're going to be writing a script, why not give yourself the, the part of the hero or the heroine, or at least a blooming good part, 
where you're not um, at the beck and call of other people, you're not feeling bad about yourself. You are not a victim unless you choose to be. So for me, number seven, small steps taken consistently create lasting change. You wouldn't want to eat a cow in a single sitting, yet meal by meal, mouthful by mouthful, it offers a very different prospect. And the same is true with change. So many people falter because they go for the grand gesture and then find it's totally unsustainable. So let me give you an example. How often have you heard people say they want to get fit? They join a gym, they buy all the gear, and they tell you they plan to go for an hour five times a week. They go for their assessment and twice after that, and then they can't move for days as they're so stiff and sore. As a result, they choose not to go. They fail to meet their own unrealistic expectations and very quickly lose heart and stop going altogether. So, rather than do that, it's important to create a sense of success and to be able to incorporate the action into your daily living on a regular basis. Don't underestimate the power of making seemingly small changes but ensuring that they become a consistent part of your daily routine. This is true of your focus, your language, your action and your thinking. Small steps taken consistently over time can make significant changes. So if you want to get fit, rather than going to saying you're going to go to the gym for five times um, a week for an hour, how about choosing to go upstairs every hour and run up and down stairs a couple of times or get off at the bus stop one stop before your bus is due um, to your normal bus stop so that you actually do a little bit more exercise. I'd love to hear from you and how you're getting on what you think of the things that I'm offering. Please do let me know if there are any themes you'd like covered in future sessions. I'm passionate about helping people and I would like to offer you a free digital download of my latest book, which is an international number one best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. It offers you a holistic approach to life. If you like, it's a sat-nav for life. If you go to https colon forward slash forward slash genuinely hyphen you.com, you'll find the opportunity to make the download there. Have a great week. Sending you my love and I'll speak to you soon. Bye now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.